Good morning, Sunnyway Church. My name is Kira, and I'm so happy to be gathering online together. Hello to everyone on the Sunday morning live platform, including those gathering in watch parties. And hello to those watching or listening to us later. We're so glad you're choosing to be with us today. A special welcome to those of you joining us for the very first time. Hopefully, even online, you feel welcome and at home. I'm going to talk through some information that we share each week so that you, our guests, and everyone else know a little bit about what to expect as we gather and how to engage if you're on the live platform. First, we would love to pray for you or assist you in any way that we can. So if we can serve you in that way, please let us know. Also, if you have ideas on ways to serve each other in this unique season, we'd love to hear them. The best way to get in touch is by emailing connect at centerwaychurch.com. We love the opportunity to continue to resource you in this season so that you can keep growing spiritually. There are opportunities available for you and the whole family. A few I'll point out are the Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals, which you can sign up for on the Next Steps page of the website. There are wallpapers to remind you of the weekly application question and a message just for kids. Our Centerway kids learn from the same scriptures that you're about to hear, but with kid-friendly content. If you have kids in your home, you can discuss and apply the word and grow as a family. All the resources I just mentioned and more are available on our website. If you'd like to share your info with us, give, take next steps, find previous messages, share this message, or request prayer, you can do so on the live platform or on the website if you're watching or listening later. Tomorrow is the start of our first ever virtual VBS. Videos will be available on our website, and you should have already received a packet of activities. If you haven't, or you're not on our mailing list, please email us. Also coming up this Thursday the 3rd is an in-person outdoor worship night. We are so excited to be together singing corporately for the first time in a while. Details are on the calendar page of the website. Speaking of calendars, mark yours for Sunday, September 13th, when we'll gather to celebrate Centerway's two-year anniversary. Food trucks, being together, it's going to be great. Keep your eyes open for emails regarding those details. If you don't receive our emails, you can start by emailing connect at centerwaychurch.com and letting us know. Or you can go to the Next Steps page of the website and choose Share Your Info, and we'll get you connected. Now here's what to expect today. Jackie will be reading the scripture text for us, Claude will be communicating from the Bible, and then you'll hear some ways to respond in worship. Immediately after the message, you can join us live on Instagram or Facebook as a way to respond through song. Here's Jackie with the text for today. Good morning, Centerway Church. My name is Jackie, and I'll be reading the scripture for today. It can be found in 3 John verses 1 through 8, so feel free to follow along. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone off for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we have to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth.
Hi, my name is Claude, and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Super excited that you've decided to be with us this morning and possibly even listening afterwards. Uh, We're continuing in a series entitled Truth Be Told, and this morning's message is entitled uh, It's a Decision. Truth Be Told, It's a Decision. Uh, We're actually beginning 3 John. So this series began with 2 John, and now this morning we're beginning with 3 John uh, verses 1 through 8, as you just heard them read. And uh, the thing that's unique about 3 John is that it's a letter to a person. So 2 John was written to a specific church, and 1 John was written to a a group of churches. And now we have 3 John that's written to an individual, um, Gaius. Gaius is the person that it's written to, and uh, we're going to jump in and hear a little bit more about Gaius and how that connects to our lives. But before we do, I want to tell you a little bit of a story uh, about the first time I witnessed uh, a car accident. And I don't know about you, maybe you've never seen an accident. I had come up up upon accidents in the past, like after it had happened and things like that, but I had never like witnessing, witnessed a car crash happening right before my eyes. And so I was... Uh, I was at a cafe and I'm just enjoying a cup of coffee. I'm getting some work done. I'm looking out the window and it's kind of one of those moments where you're kind of engaged and disengaged. And I see this uh, guy run by his headphones on and he's running and he gets to this intersection. And instead of him kind of crossing at the light, he runs a little further up where there's kind of this on ramp. It's an on ramp from a grocery store parking lot. So it's kind of a, a weird, unique place to be. He runs across that and he chooses there to to run across four lanes of a highway. So two lanes going this way, two lanes coming this way. Um, It was a little bit easier, arguably, because, well, I won't get into all the reasons, but in either case, it was an act of laziness, in my opinion, that he did that. Not the safest decision, as you'll soon discover. Spoiler alert, he lives. So don't be nervous that he got hit by the car. He doesn't get hit by a car. Although maybe I should have strung you along there a little bit. But in either case, he stops at this intersection and he's kind of jogging in place. And so I can't help but watch because I think that's dumb. Like if you go running, that's cool. Go ahead and run. I don't understand the whole jog in place thing. I get it. You got to keep your heart rate up. Seriously, if you stand still for 30 seconds, your heart rate's going to plummet. Anyway, he's running in place and I'm entertaining myself. Just kind of like, wow, that dude looks absurd. And uh, all of a sudden, he looks down the road and looks this way, and he starts to run. And I'm thinking, well, certainly he's not going to cross. There's a car that's beginning to merge on to this highway from this grocery store. He is completely clueless. He's lost in whatever awesome music he's listening to. He's just jamming away. And so he just gets his spot and he starts to slowly jog across this road. And so this car that was coming quickly to beat the cars that are coming has to slow down so that he can make it in front of them. And you can kind of see the guy kind of throws his hands up in the air. Well, when he does that, he ha- he's literally pulled sideways into this lane. Well, there's a car on the other lane. And so the car is trapped coming right at this other vehicle jumps the curb to miss this car and drives right into a light, one of those uh, telephone poles, drives right into a telephone pole or a light post, I can't remember which, and just wraps his car around this light post. It was it was unbelievable. I remember just being like, what? Like you see it happen all in place and this guy runs away. Never has a clue. The guy in the car gets out to see if the other guy's all right. He's screaming at him. Traffic has stopped. They're yelling at each other. Why'd you stop? He's like, there was a guy. They're looking for this guy. They can't even see him. He's running down the road the other way. And I'm just sitting there like, this was incredible. Everybody was fine. Nobody got hurt, thankfully. But I share that story with you this morning because 
we get lost in our own little world. This guy was the cause of a major accident and to this day has no idea. I mean, heck, you could be that guy listening to this message right now. Wouldn't that be incredible? What are the chances? Let's just pretend he is. I'm joking. In either case, the idea that we get so wrapped up in our inner world that we just kind of tune everything else out. And literally there's accidents and explosions and who knows what happening behind this guy. He's just running along, thinks he had a pretty uneventful day out on a run. So the question I want to ask you as we head into the, this section of text this morning is why are we sometimes focused on just our own little world? Why are we sometimes focused on just our own little world? We get so immersed in our own little world. It's like we get lost in it. Well, the unfortunate truth is that we can be a bit self-absorbed, right? That's shocking, isn't it? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, um, it's not a huge surprise to realize that we really care about ourselves, that we can get lost in our own little world from time to time because we just get captured in the things we have to do, in the things that we're involved in, in the things that we're immersed in. It's tough, but true. Have you ever traveled to a new place and contemplate the fact that that place, it, it, although it's new to you, it's someone else's like world? Like, I don't know about you, maybe I'm the only person that does that, but sometimes I'll go somewhere I've never been and I just look around and I'm thinking, somebody grew up here. Like, that's their house. As we drive by, like, this is their house, this is their neighborhood, that's their gas station, like, this is their whole world and I've never been down this street. It's a weird feeling to think that people live in different sections, that they can live their entire existence, their whole lives in a spot that maybe you and I will never visit and yet to them it's their entire world. It's weird to contemplate. I was recently in a grocery store and I was so angry about the way it was laid out. I, that resonates with my wife. I don't know if it resonates with you or your spouse or you as an individual or if you're a kid watching, maybe you don't even care. But if you go into a grocery store that's kind of laid out in a place that in a way that doesn't make sense, it's like, oh, right, of course, uh, the chips would be next to the deodorant. That makes perfect sense. Because when I want dip, I'm also thinking of my pets, you know, like, absolutely makes no sense. I've just horrified my wife on many levels. But in either case, the layout of this grocery store was infuriating. And yet I saw this one woman who was in there with a cart and she was just knocking it out. You know what I'm talking about? Like she's turning down the aisles. Everything is right where she wants it. She's putting it and she's going, why? Because this is her grocery store. Like she gets the layout. Whether or not she agrees with it, I don't know, but she gets it. Why? Because it's her world. She's immersed in it. To me, I'm frustrated. It's different than what I expect. You know, as a, as a child, my worldview was so small that I assumed nothing was happening if I wasn't there. It was like the world woke up when I woke up. It went to bed when I went to bed. A room didn't come alive until I walked into it. It's like when you're a kid, what you see, what you touch, what you feel, this is your world. I remember very vividly, I remember watching the news really young and realizing for the first time that there were different time zones. I remember being like so bewildered by it, having a conversation with my parents to be like, wait a second, when I go to sleep, someone else, somewhere else is waking up. My parents were like, yeah, like, <laughs> like blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. I mean, I was only 30 years old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was super, super young. And honestly, as children, our worlds are really small. They're just really, really small. 
And as we get older, the world kind of becomes larger to us. We realize how large the world is, but ironically, we tend to focus on our little world. So when we're young, our world is little, and we're in awe that the world is larger. As we get older and realize the world is larger, we just focus on our own little world all the more. It's a human condition. We're consumed by our world. We're consumed by our struggles, our difficulties. If it affects us, it matters. If it doesn't affect us, maybe we can express empathy, but ultimately, we do what we gotta do. And at the end of the day, no one really understands our struggles, right? Like even somebody that's been through the same scenario in the back of our hearts and minds are like, but it's different. Like mine's a little harder. Like I get it, like you're really busy, but I'm like, really busy. I mean, I'm really busy. Like, you're tired, but oh, I'm tired different than you. Like, our world just kind of becomes saturated by what we think matters. And so as a result, we can become insensitive or maybe even callous to the plight of others. It may even... uh, In a sense, uh, it may seem like as a young child and uh, maybe even as teenagers that it's like, well, that's okay. Like, it's all right that as, as young children that you sort of get enveloped by what's right in front of you. But as young adults, as older teens, as adults, like, it's a decision. We decide. We decide what matters to us. Think about that for a second. You're deciding what it is you actually care about. If you're like me, you don't like the idea of that. You don't like the idea of it because ultimately we want to be blameless. Like we want everybody to understand that like we don't maliciously, you know, turn a a shoulder to someone else in their difficulty. We don't maliciously kind of talk about how we're more busy than someone else or maybe more tired than someone else or whatever the list might be. We say things like, well, you know, I mean, I was just raised that way. Like I was just raised this way. So it's not my fault. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Or, you know, it's what I've always known. It's all I've ever known. We say these statements in order to justify the worlds that we've created, these little worlds that we've created. Ultimately, those are excuses. Truth be told, it's a decision. Truth be told, it's a decision. Get this. As you decide how you'll live and even what you'll live and sacrifice for, you build a reputation. Think about that. It sounds kind of like, wait, where'd that come from? Reputation. But the reality is what we live for, what we sacrifice for, the way we function in the worlds that we exist in, they build our reputation. Everyone listening and or watching has a reputation. You have a reputation. (laughs) Like it or not, people are talking about you. It's kind of weird to think about, right? But the fact is, if you like it or not, other people have an opinion about you. They talk about you. Sounds creepy, but it's true. And people that get to know you, they determine how accurate the reputation that they've heard you have is. Like, do you live up to your reputation? Are you actually not as bad as people think? (laughs) Are you actually kinder than, than what they've heard? Or are you the great guy, great gal, funny person that they heard about? These reputations that we have. 
So your reputation flows out of the decisions that you make. And that is what John is addressing in this third letter. He's talking about that end result, reputation, how it flows out of the decisions that you make, how small your world is or how big your world is, how you engage the smallness of your world or how you engage the world that surrounds you. He's not writing to a church, as I mentioned early, but rather a person, Gaius. And although this is the shortest book in the Bible, it's one packed with a challenging, um, a challenging word for self-reflection. And so I want you to consider that as we jump in and, and look at Gaius for a second. Verses 3 through 4 say this, For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Gaius has a great reputation. He has a great reputation based on the, the people that have come back and reported to John. And that's what John's letting Gaius know. Hey, you have a great reputation. I hear you're walking in truth. So what's the recipe? What's the recipe of a good reputation? Well, in context, John's uh, kind of challenged us in the previous letter in 2 John, where he writes to a church and its members that they need to be cautious of who they extend hospitality to, right? And so he's kind of uh, warned them that they should be cautious of ultimately who they vouch for. And we talked about that last week. Now, it would be super easy to have read that letter, as arguably Gaius would have read, or at least heard, and swing the pendulum the other way and be like, Got it, John. We have to be cautious of people we don't know. So we're not going to be hospitable to anyone. I'm not going to talk to anybody. Nobody can come in. Strangers are strangers until they prove otherwise. I will vouch for no one. Remember, because hospitality, if you remember last week, if you were with us, hospitality in that culture, in Mediterranean culture, meant you were literally vouching for them. So you were validating these people's words to the community that you existed in. And so it'd be super easy to hear the warning from John and say, you know what? Instead of erring on the side of truth, uh, on the side of love, I'm going to err on the side of truth. I'm just going to be cautious and say, I'm not extending hospitality to anybody. But Gaius doesn't do that. He extends hospitality and even support financially to preachers of truth. Verse 3 literally says, for I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. It was very typical in that culture that when people were expressed uh, hospitality, when they were accepted in a community, that they would actually report back to the community they came from, the generosity and kindness of the people in that community, or the not-so-kindness of that community. And so they're giving a good report. And so his reputation is being built. Gaius' reputation is being built as one who's walking in truth. And that means that the recipe is this, correct doctrine and correct action. Because, you see, Gaius had to understand the truth of the gospel. He had to love truth enough to know that these people were communicating actual truth, gospel truth. He had solid doctrine. And then he had to be willing to say, I'm going to take action on this. So we can be deceived, right? John talks about that. Or we can know the truth, can know the gospel without action. Or we can know truth and decide to act. Because truth be told, 
it's a decision. We can decide. We can decide to, to push back from the table, to push back from the risk, or we can open up our world and we can take God risks. We can love others. We can communicate truth. Now you might say, I see the hospitality aspects in this text, but I don't know how he was actually, you know, fiscally supporting preachers. Where, where do you get that from? And so let's talk about that real quick because it's a little bit cryptic in verse six. It says, um, who testified to your love before the church. And so John's picking up how uh, these people have testified of Gaius's love for them before the church. And it goes on and says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Do well to send them on their journey or send them on their way. This Greek phrase is a, a technical term used in the day for actual ministry, uh, missionary report, uh, support, missionary support. So this phrase of send them on their way is actually um, talking about the idea of missionary support. So at face value, you might say, okay, I get it. Like Gaius was a philanthropist philanthropist, not a philanthropist. I don't think that's a word. He was a philanthropist. And so he's, uh, you know, he's generous. And so that's good. That's commendable. Um, and if we aren't careful, we'll mimic that. And we'll just be people that are generous. And, and is that bad? No, of course it's not bad. But that's not what Gaius is doing. Gaius is, in fact, again, allowing the truth that he knows and the truth that he loves be the source in which he extends his generosity. And so he has had an awakening of truth, which is why John calls him his child. So we're talking about a spiritual child of John. John has led him to the Lord, to, to the truth. And so his heart has been awakened to the truth of the gospel. And now John is rejoicing because he has chosen, he has decided to be a person that risks loving others and also digs deep and sacrifices a little bit for the furtherance of the kingdom. You see, Jesus modeled what it is to be sacrificial for all mankind, for all humankind. He laid down his life. We are generous because of the generosity extended to us. What we deserve is hell, ultimately. But Jesus paid a price he didn't deserve so that we could walk in the freedom that he deserves, that he earned. And you see, it's, it's from that source, it's from that truth, it's the truth of the gospel that we've been set free, that, the, that we then have the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to live beyond my little bubble. You see, no one just wakes up one morning and says, you know what, I've been fairly self-centered a majority of my life, it's really been about me, um, I often run through life with my headphones on, oblivious to the wreckages I leave behind me, but today, today is going to be different. I'm going to take my headphones off. I'm going to be a nicer person. I'm going to pull up the bootstraps and be kind. I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to sacrifice financially. Like it's, it's nothing that just happens. It happens as a result of an encounter that transforms our heart. And that encounter is an encounter with Jesus Christ and an awareness of the truth of what he has done and how that changes absolutely everything. It has to flow out of the gospel. It's a decision that we make in response to the love that has been extended to us. And so verse 8 goes on and says, Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So get this. We decide whether or not to live on mission. We decide 
whether or not to live on mission, whether or not the truth of the gospel has any impact on the way we actually live our lives, or have we limited it simply to the knowledge of our own minds? My, my get out of jail free card, you know, my get out of hell free card. Like I get it. Jesus died on the cross for me and my little world and my little redemptive place. God, thank you so much for me and what you've done for me and how you provide for me and me, me, me. But it's not about that at all. It's not about that at all. Is it true that, that Jesus would have laid down his life for only you if you were the only person in the world? Yes, of course, but he laid down his life so that all that call upon his name could know him. Are you a part of that mission? Are you choosing to be a gospel-centered influencer in every sphere of life? Is that a decision that you're making? Because truth be told, it is a decision. It's a decision to either say, I'm going to be an influencer or I choose not to be. And here's the amazing thing. Because you're part of Centerway, you're part of something larger. You're a part of a group of people that have linked arms, that have leveraged and gathered resources to extend to places across the world that you and I will never physically go. And yet the truth is being proclaimed because maybe you sacrificed a little because maybe you gave out of, of your abundance or maybe out of your little. But the fact is you're part of something greater. And we have the opportunity to link arms and continue in the journey to be able to say, listen, therefore we ought to support people like these that we may be fellow workers for the truth, that we would get outside our small little world and instead say, I'm going to be on mission within my world, and I'm also going to be on mission wherever it is that God may lead me, that I would be a gospel-centered influencer in every sphere of life. We say every week that the text requires something of us. And of course, this week is no different. The question I want to ask you is this, how will I be part of advancing the gospel this week? How will I be part of advancing the gospel this week? Now I get that this morning, a majority of the, the talking points were really geared towards someone that is a Christ follower. And that's really because the, the letter's written to someone that's a Christ follower. And so maybe if you're far from Christ, if you're someone that's, that's not even sure God's real, maybe you came into this talk as a skeptic, but in the midst of it, the idea that, that God himself would come and lay down his life for your sins so that you could walk in freedom Maybe there's something that's happened within you in the midst of this and you just say, listen, my application this week is to decide to respond to God for myself today. That part of advancing the gospel this week is a, a surrendering of your own life, beginning a gospel journey yourself. If that's you, it's as simple as praying a prayer and saying, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I accept that you died for me. I pray you'd forgive me of my sins. Come and be the Lord and leader of my life. In fact, if that's a, a prayer that you're praying right now in the, the quietness of wherever you find yourself or in the busyness of wherever you find yourself, we just want to agree with you. And so if you want to click on the live prayer link, if you're live, it'll take you to a side conversation, a side chat with one of our hosts, and we can talk about the next steps. Uh, if you're not listening to this live, you can always email us or go to our website at the next steps area. And we'd love to walk alongside you in this journey and the decision that you've made.
If you're already one that considers themselves a Christ follower, then I want to challenge you. What are you going to do with this question? How will I be part of advancing the gospel this week? Does it look like spiritual conversations that are long overdue? That God has continued to, to put you in a sphere of influence where it's time to just have a conversation with someone about what it is that God's done in your life. Or maybe it's an invitation to something that Centerway's doing. Maybe it's an invitation to our live services or one of our previous messages during this season or whatever that looks like. I don't pretend to know what your application is, but what does it look like to maybe have an act of compassion because of the gospel coming alive in your life? That you've just decided to live that out. That your reputation wouldn't be one that's, I'm a great business person. I'm a great mom. I'm a great student. I'm a great sister. I'm an angry person. Whether it's positive or negative, you know your own reputation. It doesn't define you. That's not your identity. If you are surrendered to Jesus, your identity is child of God. And now you have a decision to make. What does it look like to live in truth? Maybe you want to give to one of the things that, that we give to, and there's opportunity often for Centerway to partner with us in different areas and facets. One of the easiest and most enjoyable for you would actually be to purchase one of our bags of coffee if you want. Uh, we support Convoy of Hope as a result of that. You go to our website if you're like, hey, I get a cup of coffee and I support something meaningful. Um, but there's a lot of different options that we can just lean into, and maybe it's not even attached to Centerway at all. Maybe it's just part of Christendom as a whole. The only thing I would challenge you is to be certain that the finances you give are going to where you want them to go to. We do a lot of vetting around here. And so I just want to encourage you to consider where it is that your dollars are going if you choose to respond to the gospel in a fiscal type way. But again, maybe it's an act of compassion, spiritual conversation. I don't pretend to know, but I know that the Lord is going to lead us and direct us and is maybe already leading and directing you even right now. And so let's uh, just bow our heads and agree in a word of prayer uh, as we close our time together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we have the opportunity to join together, that we have the opportunity to truly further your kingdom, to be a part of the, the work that you're doing in and through this world. And so, God, we really want to be part of advancing the gospel for your glory and our joy. And so I pray that you would not just have us choose an obvious choice in our response and application, but Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts? Would you give us God ideas and God risks? And would we be innovative and world-changing, Lord, that right now we would have ideas and inspirations on how it is that we can advance the gospel this week as we declare ourselves available. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're not going to want to miss next week as we conclude the series Truth Be Told and wrap up uh, Third John. And so we're excited to, to be with you. And so please uh, make it if you can. Hi, Centerway. I'm Tara. Thanks for joining us this morning. We'd like to take this time after the message to remind you that there are many ways to respond to the scripture text and many ways to worship this week as you are part of advancing the gospel. We love to worship here, and one of the ways we can worship corporately is through singing, which we're about to do if you're with us live. If you're watching or listening to this message later, you can find the songs we're about to sing on Spotify. Search Centerway Church and look for our Truth Be Told playlist. For those gathered on the live platform, we'll see you live on Facebook or Instagram in just a few minutes.